Hi, this is Alex Muir. And what do you want? Sorry, I missed what I was supposed to say. <laughs> I took a left of the valley. I took a left of the valley. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud of being an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Coming at you after your failed attempt at homicide, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and my co-hosts are contractually obligated to like me. Yep. <laughs> Just if we got paid for it. Joining me as usual is a team of lawyers with my power of attorney. She got her lawyer out of a tree by cutting the rope. Nancy. I did, I did what from where when? <laughs> <laughs> and what was black and brown and looked good on her lawyer, it was her Doberman, Christina. <laughs> okay, they were they were snuggling because they were friends. Yes. I did not sick my dog. Sure, on sure. You will believe that. Yeah. And her lawyer is like an apple. It looks good hanging from a tree. <laughs> Christine. Oh. That is horrible. <laughs> oh. That is horrible. Somebody has wronged joke. you, sir. Oh it's a lawyer joke. Come on. Oh. Also a hanging joke. Yeah. Somebody has wronged you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, welcome back. <laughs> oh, I hope you had a great week. It was decent, actually. Fantastic. Definitely ended really well. So today we'll be talking to our great friend, David Fitzgerald. But we'll have a great time talking about his new book, and we'll also dwell into the, uh, what was that book? That, Case uh, for Christ. That's right. We'll just dwell into that. So, but first, let's do a bit of chit-chat. Okay. Did you guys hear that um, Italy, you know, the country, <laughs> that there's a different guy. <laughs> Uh, they've moved to uh, make educate the education system the first in the world to teach compulsory climate change Good. to the kids. So the minister Lorenzo, uh, God, I'm going to ask you this, Fio Ramonti says uh, he will dedicate one hour a week uh, starting next year. Uh, geography, math, and physics will also be uh, from the climate change perspective. Hmm. So. Nice. I sure like to see more math? countries from the geography, like from climate change. I'm I'm not sure, exactly sure, but you know they, they're basically going to be talking how climate change will affect the geography of the country and stuff like that. Okay, so, so I could see in math like them the using when you know when you like have this person bought twelve watermelons, like those kind <laughs> yeah. of questions. I could the, see them. That was a drought. There's less watermelons. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Exactly. So that's great. I, I'm hoping that other countries do the same and. Quick succession. Yeah, let's let's hope so. And yeah. you know, that's a a great step forward. That finally, the countries are recognizing the real threat of climate change. Okay, uh, you know, uh, we talked last year and this year as well about the new Canadian ten dollar uh, bill with featuring Viola Desmond. Yes, yes. Well, uh, Viola Desmond, of course, uh, was I guess the Canadian Rosa Park in a way, right? Mm -hmm. um, well, the banknote, the Canadian banknote, the ten dollar from this year, uh, has been uh, named a banknote of the year. By the International nice. Banknote Society. Uh -huh. yeah. To be fair, it is really cool looking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It looks really, really good, actually. Uh, Desmond, of course, was arrested in November 8, 1946. Uh, this was actually a decade before Rosa Parks uh, did her stance. Um, she received a posthumous apology 63 years later. She died in 1965. Um, 
there's been honorable mentions to notes for Switzerland, Norway, Russia, and the Solomon Islands. There's uh, 150 new notes that were released in 2018, uh, but 10% of them had enough new designs to be nominated for the mm-hmm. prize, and Canada was actually won mm-hmm. the prize nice. on that. So. Yeah, I think it's the first one to have a vertical Yes, it's actually design. facing vertical yeah, instead yeah. of horizontal, mm-hmm. like yeah. most notes. It's a great banknote. It's a great picture, too. Mm-hmm. And it looks really, really good. So yeah. mm-hmm. That looks really good for us. Um, in Ohio, Ohio uh, lawmakers passed the, quote, Student Religious Liberties Act. Oh, my God, this made me so mad. Yeah. Any, anything that says religious uh, liberty, you have to realize, is bad. This, <laughs> like, is, this, could, is this could have stupid. been another oh. moment, actually. Yeah. I hey. hope you didn't mention the put that in your... I've got more than one, don't okay. worry. <laughs> I did, because this is why it's so stupid. Yeah, well, we can so talk about it some more yeah. as well if you want. Uh, so it means that students cannot be penalized if their work is scientifically wrong, as long as the reasoning is because of their religious belief. This is so stupid. So instead, yeah. students are great on the substance and relevance, while the dumbing down of the U.S. continues, yeah. obviously. Like, yeah. So oh in other words, my the, God. the guy can start talking, no, there was no fossil because God created the earth and creationism, and they cannot be great and wrong. Yeah. Or like, yeah, if you're in an astronomy class, you can be like, everything. Like You could be like, oh, well, it's only 6,000 years old. It's like, like so stupid. It's like there are facts oh. and alternative facts. Yeah, yeah it's like so you can be writing about I biology. Don't go, I, I don't want to break the into women your are for, segment. Women came from a rib. <laughs> That's my religious belief. And like, what happens if you're like part of like a really random ass like cult and you yeah. do like really random things? Yeah, yeah. Aliens dropped like, us on I this planet with t- I don't and volcanoes. The male gender is real. Like, exactly. That's so stupid. Uh, yeah, it's 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 incredible, and of course, there's going to be huge repercussions in the future for the, the generation that's going to have to. I can make things that. up and be just as smart as a physicist. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. wow. And like, as a teacher, how in the hell do you grade your students equally? <laughs> and like, I'd be like, do I pass this student because this is what they believe? Because you're supposed to be teaching. The whole point of a teacher is you're supposed to be teaching them facts. Facts <laughs> and like this is not teaching them facts. This is saying, oh, this is what your religion is telling you is true. So now I have to grade you, you know, check on that mm-hmm. because your religion tells you that's true, and I can't mark you wrong it's, for it, even though it's wrong. It's, it's also, teaching that your point of view is just as valid yeah. as the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Also, what happens if someone write like does something that says it's part of their religious belief? Do you just take it? face value or do you have to be like okay we have to prove that's part of your religious belief because couldn't too, right? you just say literally anything as yeah. part of your well, yeah, religion you can walk in there and say you're a Jedi it's so vague well, okay, that is a religious belief it is exactly it is. <laughs> like, I mean how, how long do you think it's going to take for somebody to challenge this and for it to be overturned uh, it's probably already being challenged yeah. well, I sure hope so. I hope so because this so. is ridiculous so hi Kat and so in this past week of course uh, we also just um saw uh, November 11th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't really do anything about it on the last show, but I thought we'd talk about it a bit uh, this week. Oh, God, are we going to talk about Don Cherry? We will in a minute, oh, but before that, now. before that, uh, I, I wanted to read, uh, there was this uh, soldier, this American soldier that came to Canada, and he went to Ottawa, and he actually wrote a letter to the Canadian people about uh, their uh, way, the way we celebrate uh, Remembrance Day. Uh, so I'm going to read this. Um, so it, it goes... Um, Merci, Ottawa. Says, many saw my post last week about visiting Ottawa from the U.S. from the Senators Hurricanes game. He went to the hockey. Mm -hmm. While there, I had the honor of attending your Remembrance Day ceremony. 
My wife and I waited an hour and a half to get a good view, and to say it was life-changing would be an understatement. Oh, wow. I have served in the U.S. military for ten and a half years, and now my unit is gearing up for another deployment to the Middle East next month. The amount of respect that has been instilled in Canadians for the great military and the ones that have given the ultimate sacrifice is beyond words. While we do have a day to remember our fallen where I live in North Carolina, uh, sorry, where I live in North Carolina has nothing like it. Our Memorial Day has turned into businesses marketing sales for their products and the average citizen using it as a day off work to go to the beach or barbecue. The true meaning has been lost, but not in Canada. No, you all understand the sacrifice these men and women have made and choose to stand alongside outside in the freezing cold for hours honoring their memory. Tears stream down my face as I watch the pride in your eyes as different branches of your armed forces march past, the claps for the veterans, some in wheelchairs and some barely able to stand as they put their age and pain aside to march in past in formation. It was beautiful. I was wearing a poppy every year Oh, sorry, I will be wearing a poppy every year from now on. I told you it was life-changing and I meant it. Your fallen will never be forgotten by this American, no matter what happens. Thank you for being such hospitable host and show me there is still hope and pride in the gra- in the greats that have walked before us. Oh, that's so nice. So this is from an, uh, an American soldier, and I think he actually put it exactly right. And I have never seen... Uh, the Americans celebrate uh, their veterans. So I, I did not know. Oh, yeah, they do. Uh, uh, yeah, but is he correct in saying, you know, is it, has it become more of a yeah, it's holiday sale? I, I, well, they, they celebrate course. Memorial yeah. Day. They celebrate <laughs> Memorial Day more than veterans, but there there are, you know, they it, it's, 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 it's out there, but it's not a major celebration mm-hmm. or, or, or day off yeah. or a stat holiday. No, no, here, here it is. Yeah. Here it is yeah. a big deal. Right. It is a big deal. Right. You know, if you... If you, if you uh, I know I used to go every year to the ceremony. I've stopped doing that recently because, you know, unfortunately, uh, I'm kind of boycotting it because of the religious tones in the ceremony, which I really think should disappear. You know, because I, I remember a couple of years ago, I, I was there and I was watching this this uh, Sikh soldier on stage while the priest is there invoking the Christian God and the Christian God. I'm looking Seriously? at this. Yeah, and I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking... You know, he he's there too. I say, why why are we invoking the Christian God? Did not just Christians fought for Canada? Yeah, right? yeah. And and I there really there was no religious like religions. There, there shouldn't be. Yeah, there shouldn't be a religious overtone at all. But the priest or the bishop or whatever they have in the ceremony is quite present, and there's always Christian mm-hmm. prayers and blah 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 and hymns. And there really should not be. So I've stopped going to the ceremony because of that. I understand. And I've, I, I I usually speak out loudly about that too. So anyway, uh, but I had no idea the Americans were not as reverent. I guess mm-hmm. according well, to the soldier, anyway. Well, I, I don't I don't think there's the solemnity or yeah. the, but um, the presidents do have um, a ceremony I mean there are ceremonies and it's publicized and, and so forth and so on but if there are any of the American listeners that want to send us their views on um, Veterans Day in the US please let us know yeah exactly and of course after all that there was <laughs> the controversy of Don Cherry. Now, for our American listeners that don't know, Don Cherry used to be a coach in the hockey league, and now he's become basically a commentator, a very colorful commentator, old school kind of guy. He usually wears <laughs> really outrageous jackets and stuff like he's that. He's basically like Dumbledore. He is. 
wearing insane outfits that are like cringeworthy. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so so he made a comment uh, essentially for, uh, for for Veterans Day where he basically uh, mentioned uh, kind of put some blame on immigrants. Now I'm gonna play this. I've got a little short clip here. Let's see what's. Uh, you people love you, you. They come here, whatever it is. You love our way of life. You love our milk and honey. At least you could pay a couple of bucks for poppies or something like that. Yeah. So uh, that was a comment that basically got a lot of rise out of a lot of people, and rightfully so. And what was even more, I thought, distasteful about all this is usually his his opposite, Ron McLean, who usually kind of is the you know the the straight man to mm-hmm. to his. Uh, Bandax's style uh, was basically silent and kind of nodded <laughs> in agreement on this and a lot of people were quite angry at this comment because there has been a lot of immigrants or people from immigrant families that have fought alongside our Canadian mm-hmm. soldiers so he was fired uh, do you think it was just fine? Yeah. Well, he, the thing is I, I don't follow hockey I know about Don Cherry I don't follow him but I know that he has a history of sort of wild right wing views yeah. and he's been in trouble before um, I don't know whether they've asked him to mm-hmm. cut back a little bit but that's his persona is this outrageous um, individual that enjoys the controversy mm-hmm. and wants to be in the limelight yeah. and he just I think he went too far got caught and I think the censorship uh, and the firing was perfectly justified. Yeah. Well, and I understand free speech, but I still think it was inflammatory. Yeah. Well, especially when you realize, like, it's a company who has their own brand to protect. And mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. to, like, their employees have to follow their code of conduct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if their employees go against that, they're allowed to be fired. Yeah, It and doesn't the- take away from his freedom of expression and, like, his freedom... Of like talking, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, unfortunately, unfortunately, the the, the right wing, the more extreme right wing Canadians have basically taken that to heart, basically yeah. saying, you know, it's unfair. Should oh, fire Don Cherry. So blah, blah, blah. stupid. Uh, Don Cherry doesn't seem to realize. For example, uh, in the, in the area here, we have a, a fairly large population of uh, Sikh, mm-hmm. uh, and they're huge hockey fanatics. They love hockey. They really do. <laughs> I would say I see more. I see more like young Indian. Canadian children now playing street hockey and actually see Caucasian children playing hockey, street hockey around here. So they're huge. And if you listen to, they do have like Punjabi radio and stuff like that. And they, they, they follow the hockey leagues and they have announcers and everything. Mm-hmm. So they're actually huge fans. So the, the idea of saying you people, you know, it's like you people, like somehow but they owe the us. The issue, it wasn't just you people. Because he, saying you people... Wouldn't be that bad because then it's everybody. It's you people, but it's you people that come here. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. that well, meant, right? the people that didn't, weren't born here, that they immigrated here mm-hmm. for our way of life because we have a great way of life. But it's like, I see more people who lived here their whole life that don't wear poppies. Yes. Because we don't understand the impact of war as much as people who are who are refugees that come from war-torn exactly. countries like we're like yeah veterans they they went to war it's you know they did hard things but people who actually lived it yeah on the civilian side yeah. and they see how 
the impact of actual like fighting is like they understand that way more yeah it's 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 um well, to use that as as a you know as a a point of war to to decide whether a person is Canadian, truly well, it's Canadian so or not, it, that is really really stupid. So stupid. Yeah, and uh, if there was a country where the uh, the experiment of multiculturalism was a success, this is it. Canada is absolutely it, and, and and I think what Don Cherry here is expressing is what he's expressing what a lot of older Caucasians are concerned about. Boomers. <laughs> okay, okay. They're, they're concerned about becoming a minority in this country. Yeah, but guess what? Who cares? Oh, well, yeah. yeah, that's exactly it, right? That's, who cares if you're a minority as long as minorities are treated equally? My, my yeah. own mother actually expressed that. And I, and I said to her, and I said, well, why would you be afraid of being a minority in your country? It's almost like you think the minorities aren't treated right Exactly. It's like, <laughs> if that's what you're afraid of, maybe you should change the way you treat minorities. Exactly. So I you guess don't become one. I guess that's the greatest sign that discrimination is real, isn't it? Oh, yeah. When someone says... I don't want to be a member of the minority. Immediately, they may not say that they feel entitled, but that statement alone shows. Yeah. Yes, you mm-hmm. do. Yes, you do. You absolutely do. So, so I, you know, I, I, I think unfortunately, uh, he, there is a growing movement, even within the country, of extremism on the right, and I think these comments like that are actually demonstrate that the movement is relatively alive and well, even though yeah. it is, it's still a, it's not a majority of the population, but it is there. And it's, it's a good thing that shows like this will actually keep on speaking against that. Yeah, and if, <laughs> any of our non-Canadian listeners, it's Don Cherry, like the fruit, C-H-E-R-R-Y. Look him up. Look at his wonderful jackets made out of drapery oh, material and all kinds so of interesting things. And you'll you'll see what we're talking about. How old is he now? 103? Oh, I don't know. He's in his, is he in his 90s? Now? I have no idea. So I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up watching hockey. Yeah. I no, still I don't either. watch hockey. Yeah. But anyway, it's it, it's a it's a, it's 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 a fun Google search. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, it's not the, the first. It's, it's not the yeah. first time that he's been, you know, doing some controversial comments and stuff like that. And it's probably not going to be the last time we see him either. Probably not. Uh, some some right wing media thing will hire him. <laughs> there was yeah. a, there was a political cartoon the next day where Donald Trump is talking to him and says, "I need an advisor for foreign policy." Oh, I saw I'm that. Talking to Don Cherry. <laughs> Gross. So, he'd probably do it. Yeah, he probably. <laughs> no, I don't think he'd do it. But I mean, it's it. it yeah, <laughs> it's it, it signals change in society, and I'm I'm glad that you know Sports Center and all that reacted the way they did. Mm-hmm. You know, saying no, this yeah. is unacceptable. You know, it's, and the issue for me more is that he didn't even apologize. He's like, no, I'm not no, going to apologize. I still stand by what I said. I'm like, are you kidding me? His cohort, Ron McLean, did. Uh, he said, no, I'm sorry. It was hurtful comments. I, he apologized. But Don Cherry can double down and basically said, no, I'm standing, standing by my comments. So. Hey, when you think the whole world is wrong and you're the only one who's right, what is there to apologize exactly. for? Exactly. Exactly. All right, my dear Nancy, you got a top ten for us? I do, and I have no idea what I'm talking about, so I'm okay. I'm, I'm excited. I know it's very exciting because <clears throat> this is sort of a top five and five, and it has to do with the ten best games that you need to be playing this month on your phone. So Ooh. I'm going to do the Android Ooh. games and the iPhone I'm games. I'm excited. Yeah. Because all of you all of you are iPhone. No. No. I have Android. 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 I hate 
apple oh, good. so much. Oh. <laughs> I hate them. No okay, blasphemy. We only have mouth. the iPods and that's it. Okay, yeah. plug up. Okay, Christina gets to plug up her earphones as we're doing the iPhone yeah, games. Yeah, okay. I can listen to them. I just, I just hate I'll wave Apple with the other stupid. ones. Hey, okay, hey. so these I've never had any experience with these games. So with this list, you guys are going to have to tell me if they're right on or if they're okay. they're they're making it all up. Okay, in terms of iPhone, the best iPhone games available as in terms of October. So last month, um, I don't I didn't see that these were were numbered like the number one or the mm-hmm. number two. So these are the ones that are the most popular. And um, the the number one just on the list itself is a game called Mario Kart Tour. I can oh. imagine that would probably we... be pretty fun. I haven't played it. I know somebody who has, but I haven't talked to him about I'm it. It notes. sounds like it would take a lot of space on my phone. Oh, 100%. If it's done anything like the more recent Mario Kart games for console, it probably yeah. definitely will take a good I chunk like of solitaire. space. solitaire. It doesn't take up space. Yeah, it's supposed to be bad. It, it's, it's set more records than the Pokemon Go game. Oh, wow. Game. Oh, I'm not surprised. It's a lot. Well, you don't have to walk outside. To yeah, you can sit. It's <laughs> no. one that's, you can sit down and race. Right. It's a free to start, but they have premium elements and oh, of um, they, they, they have um, uh, the golden pass, which is $5 a month. pay to play. And mm-hmm. you can unlock characters Gross. and so forth and so on. So supposedly it's a fun, simple, and worth your time to give it a shot. So we... I haven't played Kirsten, it, but I would say yeah. Okay, I would get it if I had space. Kirsten gives it. Kirsten gives it a thumb up, and, and oh, I'll try. I, I'd and give play. it a thumb down. Okay. Too much space on my phone. Okay. Aside from it. that, and oh, you've never played Mario Kart. No, yeah, exactly. I haven't. Yeah, don't listen to her. <laughs> okay, the second one. Um, this one costs two bucks. Called Gross. Rebel Inc. And these are from the same folks that made Plague. <gasps> okay, so this one puts you in the shoes of a government official tasked with stabilizing an area of a country following a turbulent war. Ooh. So it's an absorbing game, and I just stick with Plague. Supposedly, Inc. well worth the two bucks. But I, I don't know. Would you, would, would you give that one a try? Sure. I would look I, at it. I would it. give it a try. I would look I at it. I definitely would give it a try. If if it's made by the same people who did Plague. I would definitely give it a try. Oh, okay. Which is super Plague fun. Inc. is the... I literally bought Plague Inc. Okay. Number three <laughs> is WGT Golf. Ew. It's yeah. a golf game. And it, it supposedly provides a solid golf experience for anybody looking to get some swings in on their mobile yeah. device. Pretty That's good simulation. Um, full 18 stroke play and so forth and so on and it includes a lot of championship courses pebble beach celtic or is it celtic or celtic manor and pinehurst so Hmm. anybody that enjoys golf that's last time i hit a golf ball with my iphone it didn't work well (laughs) number four yeah that's why you get android yeah like other would fare better (laughs) at least you can drop an android and don't have your screen just completely shattered never happened to me so many times i had nothing but iphones that's never happened to me i don't know what you're talking about okay number four is a game called hearthstone Ooh, i've heard i've heard about that it's been reintroduced um it has something to do with blizzard Mm-hmm. And there's a, supposed to be a really fanatical community that, mm-hmm. that plays yeah, Blizzard. Blizzard. Blizzard is um, a game des- a game Company. developer. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't say how much this one costs or it's whether it starts too. for free. I thought though. it was to treat a Dairy Queen. Okay. That too. So here, the fifth one is an expensive one. I think it's expensive. It costs eight bucks. It's called Dead Cells. Wow. It better be a great game. So it's available um, on uh, on mobile. 
and that should be good enough. Um, the the theme on this one is kill, die, learn, and repeat. Ooh, are so you got to be a little virus? violence in this one? Are you the virus, mm. like trying to like kill people? That um, would be fun. I guess if you, I didn't go into the details mm-hmm. of it, but um, I, I guess some of the characters can die every time. It play sounds a little bit like the con. It makes me think of the console game Zombie, which I haven't played. But you are randomly assigned a character, and if your character dies, you start off with a new character. You have none of your stuff, but if you go and find the zombie version of like the previous, previous character, character that was killed, you can get all your stuff back. Yeah, it kind of oh. sounded like evolution. Okay, Live, so, die, learn. You right? know, yeah. like an evolution thing. Yeah. So the honor will mention ones uh, that I'm not going to go into, but I'll we'll just mention them really quick if you want to. Um, take a chance on these. They might be fun. Pokemon Masters, Stranger Things 3, Grow Empire, Rome. So <laughs> that's a pretty good list. There's 10 there for your iPhone people. And moving on to Android. Um, and this again, this is from, from last month. The number one game, which is a free one, or the one on the list, is called Half Brick Studio games. Never even heard of it. Nope. They're a developer on Google Play, and supposedly they've got some of the most popular and fun mobile game apps. Um, they like Fruit Ninja, oh, Jetpack, okay. Joyride, Dan the Man, and Rascal. So anybody hmm. from that group, they say those are really, really fun to play, and they're free. Those so are that's always a plus. nice. Um, the second one is Monument Valley One and Two. They're priced at $3.99 and $4.99, and then they have some optional prices mm-hmm. as well. Um, it's supposed to be a very iconic game. Um, the first one that this company put out was the Escher-style puzzles, uh, simple mechanics and fun graphics. And so they have a basic gameplay. You twist and move levels around to open up new pathways. Ooh. Yeah, so it's supposed to be a lot of fun. Um, number three are the Nintendo games for Android. Huh. They're free, and um, they uh, have a few noteworthy game titles: uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, Animal Crossing, Pocket Camp. Wait, they Super have Mario. Animal Crossing? Yeah, of course they do. The, 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 these oh Android gosh, ones. I want to go play Animal Yeah, Crossing. the Android ones seem to be. Um, Funner? More the uh, the company that produces the indi- individual mm-hmm. games rather than listing individual games. Yeah. But these are free as well. It seem to be more mm-hmm. free games on Android than yeah, there is. It's because yeah. Android is better. Yeah, okay. If you see games on um, both yeah. Android and iPhone, okay. chances are they might be free on Android, but not on iPhone. It's because iPhone yeah. is just money. Grubbing assholes. <laughs> yeah, so number four. Yeah, if you could think of any of those games that's yeah. that money grubbing, let me know. Number four yeah, is. But quick... I, iPhone's more no, yeah. money grubbing. So Noodle Cake Studios. That I like the amazing. name. Um, they're, they're also a mobile game developer on Google Play. They have a ton of games Lumino City, Framed <laughs> 1 and 2, um, Island Delta, arcade sports games, um, BMX, and a lot <laughs> of others. Um, so those are free, uh, and also Farm Punks, which is their newest title, uh, so that's fine. So the fifth one, I, I think Christina had you in mind, um, this is also free, uh, Pokemon Go and Harry Potter Wizards Unite. You know I've had that? both yeah. and have deleted both. Same. I do <laughs> not enjoy Corey's enjoy a big Pokemon them. Go thing. I, he loves that thing. Well, it doesn't help that I don't 
where I live, there's, like, no Pokestops close to me, so, like, I have to, like, go other places. Uh, so that's annoying. It's probably really nice for people who, who live in cities. Oh, because yeah. Because there's a lot of Pokestops and places in cities, but I live in, like, the suburbs, so it's, like... Yeah, definitely gross. if I was in the city, I'd probably still have it, because you get more out of it, but, mm-hmm. like, we I don't do, get I do more. understand how it Yeah, it, they require a GPS. Maybe yes. that's why yeah. on those. I went to a Pokestop and threw my phone at the... Yeah. Okay. So the down. other the other five that we're just going to mention in case you want to look at a range is Rayark Rhythm Games, the Room series, Esquire Enix or Enix, Supercell Games, and Zynga with <laughs> Friends Games. So yeah. as the weather gets um, more rainy and more chilly yes. and it's dark at four thirty, <laughs> here's some ways to yeah. kind of keep yourself awake. What, you know, what are during all the bad of our weather. favorite apps? I'm curious. Yeah, what do you like? The favorite apps? Yeah, yeah, like the game apps. Oh, game apps. Well, you know, to be quite honest, I'm an old school gamer. I mean, I'm not a gamer to begin with, but if I was a gamer, I'd be old school. So, you know, give me a console and a television. Yes. I, I, I'm not fond of playing games on my phone. And what I really hate about these games, although I, I download a few free ones and I end up deleting them, because, you know, you do, like, a stage and a half and there's an ad. You know, another station and a half, there's another freaking ad. Yep. There's always a freaking ad. It's like, but Jesus Christ, I don't want to pay three ninety nine to get rid of an ad. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 especially for a game you don't even know, and you played, like five minutes like how really mm-hmm. you know or the ones where you are playing it and you enjoy it and then like you get through the first stage and that's like okay you have to buy the rest of the game it's like those are annoying. fuck you no, yeah. i'm not doing that my, my favorite is called happy color it's not technically a game but i have played that game almost every single day for months you're welcome i downloaded that game for myself and it's how often do i get it now <laughs> magical <laughs> it, it, it it's so nice it's it it's is the best. So what's your favorite, Kristen? Uh, one that I have on my phone that I really enjoy, it's called Cross Me. So if you've ever seen uh, like a picto cross where you have to fill in the oh, colored those are squares. so fun. Yeah, that's the one I've had it's on like, my phone for a while that I go to. better than Sudoku. It Sudoku. is. Well, I don't have one, but Kirsten, I'm thinking maybe since you really you know want to be a game designer app designer and things like that you and i should get together and make a game called eternal assassin based on my life (laughs) that would be so fun and i will reveal to you every one of my secrets and every one of the assassinations (laughs) over the past nancy's gonna kickstart my career but in the in game you play as an old lady Yes. You have to actually be like an old lady. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That is going to be like Still the famous. big ticket right there. It's because when you look at any game where you see like an assassin or a ninja, like anything, it's probably going to be a younger person. No, no, no. Of course I'm going to have like... An old lady. Yeah. 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 She almost, should almost be like a quantum leap thing. <laughs> you leap through time as you That's kill right. somebody. <laughs> I, I can see the marketing and the t-shirt. The, the eternal assassin. Yes. Yeah. I got killed by Nancy on Assassin. <laughs> yeah, eternal if I can, assassin. If I can get good enough to have one of my games as a T-shirt, then I'm winning. Or, oh. or no, or you have it like Alien Isolation, and you're trying oh. not to get killed by Nancy. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, but the thing is, you know, the alien is hunting you in that. Uh, you don't know that Nancy's trying to assassinate you. Yeah, that's yeah. You right. just know there's an assassin. You just don't know who. Yeah. And realize that's right. There's so, so much stealth that yeah. would be involved. <laughs> a little sprinkle a little bit of hitman in there and go from there. Yeah. there All right. 
That's right. I, we'd, we'd take pre-orders on the game right now, but maybe we should wait until we're really into the yeah. development phase. Of it. By dear Kirsten, can you do another brilliant moment for us, please? <laughs> oh, oh, I can. And I just have to say, oh, Alberta. Alberta, Alberta, Alberta. Oh, no. I hate you, Alberta. Uh-huh. So when lawmaker Dan... Hold on one second here. Gotta fix your mic. A little bit, yeah. When lawmaker Dan Williams introduced private members bill... 207 in the Alberta legislature on Thursday, it passed its first reading easily, receiving literally unanimous approval from United Conservative Party legislators. In brief, the bill stipulates that healthcare providers and organizations don't have to provide services if they can argue that it violates their beliefs. No! Dan Williams? No! Fuck you. In Alberta? With a rusty cat. Sound familiar? Didn't I bring something up about this Damn. a little while ago um, that was down in the so States? Yes. Oh, yeah. So, Ugh. while the bill specifies that nothing in this act derogates from a provider's obligations to their patients, which may include informing individuals of options in respect of receiving a healthcare service, referrals are very specifically listed as protected services that doctors cannot be compelled to provide. Oh, by the way, for American listeners, uh, Alberta is, is our version of Texas. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but <laughs> Alabama. Even, even then, it's still it, it's like Ala- super Alabama, Mississippi, and Texas. All Al- in one. <laughs> more Alabama, Mississippi, <laughs> and Louisiana. And like, let's not forget that, like, in this pro- in Alberta, many of the hospitals are funded publicly by Alberta Health Services, but owned by the Roman Catholic Church. Yes. Oh, and this is what... Didn't this is, know that. This, yeah. This is what Alex is bringing up last week, so this really ties in to what... It Don does affect Dina. that as yeah. well. Yeah. Because if it come, becomes law, the conscientious, conscientious decision-making of thousands of Alberta patients and individual healthcare experts could be railroaded by the decidedly non-expert ethical opinions of the Roman Catholic Church. So, like, Ew. in addition to reproductive health services and assisted dying, advocates from the LGBTQ plus community are concerned that the bill could ultimately legalize anti-trans discrimination. No shit. It uh-huh. leaves room for anti-trans doctors to either refuse treatment to trans patients or to treat them with substandard care that ignores their relevant health needs. So, <sighs> and... I, d- I, f- I feel seeing that in, in this country, but... Yeah, and here it is. Well, if it actually passes, like holy shit, I say. Well, it would have to go. It would have to go to the. (laughs) Have to go to the Supreme Court because there's no way it could be valid. Well, hold on. The the healthcare system is is uh, provincial, so maybe not. Mm -hmm. But if a provincial a provincial law um, contradicts the laws of Canada. Who trumps what? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, yeah, that, because that's, we, we that's are, a question beyond my pay grade, unfortunately. Yeah, we're not, I would we're think, not United States. Yeah. We are I would think, a yeah. country yeah. altogether. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But this, it'll be interesting on, yeah. on, on, and in an unfortunate way. We're definitely going to have to way. But keep... here, if a doctor objects to, um, because of religious reasons, he has to refer to someone else who will take on that patient. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't think that's in the Alberta bill, though. I, I'm feeling that's definitely not where that's going, because it's basically like, no. this could fuck everything up. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> for anyone Big who time. is yeah. not religious. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's yeah. that's bad news. Yeah, that is bad news. And of course, it, it kind of also reminds me, remember that we had a, we had a guest, uh, Luke Feverin, who lives in Alberta. Mm-hmm. He, he fights the, uh, the school boards yes. in Alberta because in Alberta, uh, they actually fund 100% of the religious schools. Here in BC, it's only 50%. In Alberta, it's 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember talking yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, so they, they have a huge, a long, long way to go, mm-hmm. essentially, a huge fight in Alberta. So. Yep. Canada is not perfect, guys. No, it's not. But, we you are know, not perfect. We're working on it. We're Hopefully, working on it. when it moves on but to... we don't have Trump, so we're better. <laughs> Hopefully, when it moves on to its second and third readings and all of the debates and stuff... It gets roasted. Hopefully, it'll get defeated there. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Yes, yes we will. Thank you so much, my dear Kirsten. Perfect. All right. So uh, let's take a quick pause. And when we come back, we'll have one of our favorite guests. <laughs> Nerd out. <laughs> <laughs> David Fitzgerald. So stay with us. Attention, fellow atheist podcast listeners. We are the Godless Heathens Podcast. Here's the details with no fine print. You got new episodes available every other Sunday. Sunday! 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 There's three of us, just like the Holy Trinity. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. Coming to you from a spare bedroom in exurban Atlanta. Where we'll examine the crossroads of politics and religion, but from the secular perspective. Sometimes we get heavy, sometimes we get deep. And no one is above reproach or mockery, especially each other. It's more of what you want and less of what you don't. So open your hearts and minds to the godless heathens in your podcast rotation. And you just might learn something too. with a Y. And I'm Amy with an I. And we're the hosts of Secular Soup, where each week we offer up a bowl of real talk about atheism, feminism, politics, parenting, and whatever else we want to talk about because it's our podcast. Just listen to what these random dudes are saying about our show. This is what would happen if Daria and Jane grew up and started a podcast. So if you like extremely foul-mouthed ladies with opinions, this is the podcast for you. Grab a bowl and taste the magic. Slurp even this. Semitism was preached as an official doctrine of the church until 1964. Do you think that might have something to do with public opinion in Austria and Bavaria and Poland and Lithuania? That the, the Jewish people were accused collectively as a people of deicide, of the crime of the murder of God in the figure of Jesus of Nazareth. And that, that anathema on them was not lifted until 64, well after the... Uh, perpetrators of the Holocaust had stood trial in secular courts and been rightly punished for their actions. How can this church say it has any moral superiority? It has difficulty catching up to what ordinary people regard as common moral and ethical sense, and it still can't make itself apologize properly. Welcome to Michael Line is our favorite historian and author. He's a snappy dresser and snappy dancer. David Fitzgerald is back. David, thank you so much for joining us. Woo-hoo. Thanks for having me. Yes. Be careful about calling me historian. I get a lot of crap for that. I'm a historical writer and researcher. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. You know. but was, uh, Fitzgerald doesn't even have academic credentials. He's calling himself a historian. Yeah. Well, you know, we got three listeners anyway. I don't think they have most. Now they know. Hey, but we love every one of them. Yeah, actually, David, uh, believe it or not, is actually one of our most returned guests. Him and Dr. Del Rey have the top spot. 
Oh, I love that, man. on the show, absolutely. So there's some pretty, pretty caliber uh, guests that we have here on the show. <laughs> we always love to have David, of course. Always. David, uh, one of the things we want to talk about right off the bat is you've released Volume 2 of your Time Shard series. Yes, Ooh. it's very exciting. Um, and it's Kirsten a is jumping up trilogy. and down here. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that, did we? <laughs> I said Kirsten is jumping up and down for joy. Oh, yay. She loves yay. the book. I'm about a third of the way through the second one right now. <laughs> uh, you know, as much as I love the first book, Time Shards, I feel like it's Shadow Wars where the story really goes into overdrive. So I'm delighted to... I, I'm definitely getting those vibes. All right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, so, so let, let's let's do a quick, a quick recap on the the original one, the, the time shards. And you've yeah. written so many historical um, on the historicity of Jesus and stuff like that kind of books. And all of a sudden, you went into you're doing a novel. This is this yep. is a book of fiction. This is science fiction at its best. And, it is. And the funny thing is, um, normally, you know, I write history. And then I like to do a, a fiction book in between the nonfiction book and go back and forth because they're totally different disciplines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, with a, a nonfiction book, uh, you have to have your outlines and you have to citate, you know, cite things and you have to have footnotes. Um, and you don't need to do any of that with fiction. You just have to make everything up. Well, the problem with a trilogy like Time Shards is you have to make everything up. And you have to get make sure all your facts are straight. Yes, yes. So, um, I mean, I'm I'm laughing at that and I'm complaining, but I really love it. And, um, doing historical research is my jam. So, um, it's been really fun working on this with Dana. And um, so you're you're uh, a bit of a victim of your own success. <laughs> I mean, exactly. You, you've written so many historical books that your audience kind of expects. You know, the, the facts to be correct, and you're even in the work of fiction, obviously. Yeah, it's I will true. say though. He, you have blended the all of the different histories and time periods together beautifully. Oh, thank you. Because that's the thing I sweat over. I saw a meme somebody put on Facebook says, uh, uh, "As a reader, don't buy, don't look up anything. Believe it all. As a writer, I must find out what Phoenician merchants in the 15th century paid for, or I will die." And that's exactly how I feel too. So, I'm very glad to hear you say that. Um, no, did, the, did that 15th century merchant really say it that way? Come on, David. <laughs> oh, don't even joke. We totally uh, uh, getting the language right and the, the just the, the in the mindset of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping that straight is 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 a, a constant 24 seven job. So this is almost like actually tougher than writing an historical book at this point. I think it is. I think it is because with a nonfiction book, once you've once you know what you want to write about and set up the outline, mm-hmm. you kind of it, it writes itself, and you know you uh, you plug the facts in. But with fiction, it's a whole different ballgame. You have to you have to make it all up yourself. So I'm just going to jump in here for a sec. For yeah. anyone who hasn't heard anything about this book, we should probably give an outline of what okay. Time sure. Shards is. Well, first of all, if you haven't read that book, bow your head. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, Kevin. It's, it's, it's a science fiction sort of a time travel slash post-apocalyptic mashup. So the and best kind of book. Literally, yes. Best, right? So the idea behind it, it's a super fun idea, um, is that there was a cataclysm in the 24th century, 23rd century, sorry, and it shatters the timeline. 
And when the book begins, we've got characters, you know, a girl from San Diego, this Celt from the first century Britain. Um, we've got uh, World War II commando, uh, some Victorians, and uh, just a mishmash of, of these different characters um, who have their worlds, their respective worlds, just yanked out beneath them. And um, they have to cross this new world that's made up of, like, jigsaw puzzle pieces from all these other times. So over here it's 1492, over there it's 5 million BC. Um, and and um, so there's there's this wilderness that's got dinosaurs, it's got robots, it's got, you know, medieval knights and armor. Um, you really never know what's going to be around the next corner. And um, these guys get thrown together and quickly learn that, oh, um, this is just the beginning. They have to save the world or this thing called the event is going to keep happening until the world is disintegrated into uh, subatomic particles. Wow. And, uh, That's pretty and, heavy. And, and <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty epic. And um, it's just a super fun, uh, fun idea for a book, and I'm really pleased with how well we were able to, to pull it off. I, I'm, re- I'm really surprised how heavy the subject is because, you know, my, my first thought with time travel includes a DeLorean, and that's about <laughs> the extent of my knowledge. Yeah, it goes, just having read the first book and being a third of the way through the second one, it goes, it seem it's not as light as you might think, oh, it's just a, bo- a work of fiction, time travel, that kind of thing. But then, like, somebody gets cut in half. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, <laughs> this kind of book, okay. Yeah. Um, but that said, it's it's fun and accessible. I think in a way that uh, um, that not a lot of uh, books necessarily are. I try. I mean, we try to make it as as um, as fun and accessible as as we can. Yes, um, I, I, think so I hope I, that's I, coming across. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think what I, the people will appreciate about your writing is the fact that you know you, whenever there's a book of fiction about time travel, it always you you always need an element of suspension of belief, right? There's a machine, sure, sure. There's, there's a you know there's a gizmo that fills a gap. But yeah. knowing you and how precise you are in your science facts, I think you're going to feel a need that's really not found in other books is how close to the, the actual science uh, as, as, this, uh, as this subject can get. Well, you know, that's funny you mentioned that because um, people have asked about the physics of the book and uh, in the first part of book two we actually explicitly mentioned the physics of the event. Um, but um, mostly I'm worried about getting the history right. Mm. The physics has to sound right. <laughs> the history has to be right. Yeah, because I've, I think the difference is that in the physics aspect, it's more theoretical, where the history is something that people sure. can actually go and reference. Maybe, yeah. Okay, yeah. this was not right. Yeah, and the night... Exactly. And, like, one thing with the yeah. physics is if you look at, like, the t- a typical time travel novel, they're going to the different time periods. The nice thing that you bring to this, David, is, like, the time periods are all kind of coming to you. Yeah, and you don't have a choice in the matter exactly. of like where you're going. It's like, oh exactly. shit, this is here now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I think the best thing yeah. that can happen to David right now about his book is if Neil deGrasse Tyson tweeted something wrong about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is not actually how time and space would work, David. I think that's the best thing that can happen to you right now. You know what's funny about that is I feel like I could write a whole essay on just all the different ways that this could never happen in real life. You know. <laughs> uh, 
and uh, <laughs> for a nitpicker's guide to right. <laughs> yes. But um, and now you've released I, part I think, two. I like I like to think we've done enough of the job that it, it makes the suspension of disbelief easy, and uh, and uh, you know it's 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 a fun read, but it's not a dumb read. It's not um, yes. You know yeah. you don't have to you don't have to really. Um, hold your nose and say, okay, we're just going to go with it. And, and you, know. you have a lot of that in science fiction, right? You take, for example, the, the, the claim a series of Doctor Who. You know, I'm not a hey, fan of Doctor hey, Who. Hey, hey, hold, hey. hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a Doctor Who on the back of that down, book. Down. Somebody mentions Doctor Who on the back of that hold book. Hold on, i got to crack the whip right. right. now. make me bite no, you. No, 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 I'm just saying, you take <laughs> but the... Let's, let's put, it, put it this way. Um, <laughs> there are some kinds of science fiction that are sort of cheesier and schlockier yeah. and, well, yeah, and they don't... And lazier, you know, you take, some. Doctor Who, for example, as I was saying, you know, they, they, they time travel a lot, but they, they, they require the TARDIS, right? They require something, some mechanism. TARDIS, vortex manipulator. Yeah, exactly, right? They require something that does the that defies all logic and yes. requires a suspension of disbelief. Very much so. But they then, don't explain the... Mechanisms, but yeah, well, this is what I think David's book is different. That don't actually exist. This is why David's book is Mm -hmm. different, right? (laughs) You don't, you don't, you don't need a TARDIS in his book. Nope. So, but I like what she said. It's like you don't go through travel through time. Time travels to you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, when Mm. you um, were making the, the these books. Yeah. Who were you kind of like trying to aim the books for? Because I know like there's different like age categories, gotcha. but I'm curious. Gotcha. Who you, yeah, what good question. You were aiming well, for. originally we were flirting with with the idea of making a YA book, a young adult book, and along the lines of like um, Hunger Games yeah. or uh, Divergent, um, and it's it still kind of works on that level, but it's not. There's not as many angsty tropes as you find in yeah. uh, in that kind of genre. And it's more it's more aimed at an adult audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and I find uh, a lot of youth in our current society are mature enough in reality that mm-hmm, they sure. can enjoy that more books that speak to them like adults. Yes, I I, I agree. I agree, um, and I think the best YA books are like that anyway. Yeah, um, and uh, some of them are much grimmer and uh, more explicit than you get in typical adult books. Yeah. Too. So that that line between YA and adult books is really uh, getting harder to tell all the time now. Mm-hmm. Is it just more sex involved in the adults? <laughs> and and all kinds of things. I, it feel I feel like the one overriding difference between the two now is that there's more teenage angst in YA books, yeah. regardless of what's actually happening yeah. in the book. And there's usually like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. I want to date him. Does he like me? He looked at me. I think he likes me. <laughs> I hate. You. I just want to read Harry Potter. <laughs> they don't have that. Really? Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. My favorite is the third. That doesn't happen in the third. Anyway. Okay, that's. Fair. I'll give you that one. Anyway. So, David, when is Hollywood knocking on your door there to make this into? Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, that would be lovely. No, no, no. Uh, well, you want you want a streaming service for this? Netflix? Yes. No, no, HBO. Sure. Here we go. There, there we go. Yeah. Uh, I'll be happy with any of those things. <laughs> um, and, and in fact, I know it. We have at least two people talking to um, producers in Hollywood that about is it. So cool. But it's such a crapshoot. I don't even want to think about it because, you know, um, as Guillermo del Toro said, 
the average move in the average lifespan of a movie, it never gets made. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Well, could, could, even with the idea of you know, you know that, that of travel time traveling through you, could we even? bring something like that to the screen that's a good question i have oh, yeah actually oh, yeah. i think we totally could would yeah. you agree oh yes yeah okay. especially um, yeah it feels current, very cinematic to me especially um, with current uh, v vfx yeah. i think that that would be a well you a guys goal. might not know steven spielberg listens to us on a regular basis oh so. totally <laughs> steven yeah, we're, we're close to, you're hearing we're me right now steve yeah, yeah of course <laughs> yeah he owes me a favor anyway <laughs> <laughs> So that, no, I would, I would love that, and I think that would work really well as a series, uh, not a series, but a, a, a in, on the on the big screen. We'll be I your agent. Would, we'll be your agent, David. Say again. We'll be your agent for Hollywood. There we yeah. go. There we go. It all started here. That's right. <laughs> you heard it first here. I left the valley. So now you've got book number two that just came out. That's right. It's called Shadow War. Shadow War. And um, it uh, takes off right after book one ends, and. Um, 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 let's see. Uh, what can I say without being total spoilers? Um, I'll say it. We find out a lot more about what happened, uh, what's caused this event. Mm -hmm. We find out. We we more character see a lot more of the world that we're in now, and things get a lot messier. And some things um, we, that we were, were very strange in book one. That's like. Yeah, I don't remember that happening in our timeline. When you know, what's this? What's that? What was that all about? Um, more stuff like that happens. Um, okay. And um, can yeah, I can yeah, I ask yeah. a complete nerd's question here? Always. Uh, if, if okay, right right off the bat, uh, since we're pre-recording this, Dave. Uh, yeah. if, if this if there's no good answer to this, I'll erase this section. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we'll Perfect. Um, where's my pen? Give me a pen. Somebody give me a pen. You have the pen. desk, genius. Yeah, I know, but I can't All I have is a chair. Okay, never mind. 21 minutes, remember that. Okay. 21. So, Dave, how... The idea of, of, uh, of time travel, okay, is great, but we always forget that it's time and space, right? Like, for example, right. if I was to travel one day yesterday, mm -hmm. I would not appear where I am because the Earth has moved in that one mm -hmm. day. Right. right. Not only that... But the universe is expanding. Yes. So, like you the met six of your, of, if you kept bouncing in time, you would be smaller and smaller each time you did it. Um, if you were bumping into past versions of yourself. And yeah, and I would probably appear if I was to even in an independent machine like a TARDIS. I would probably appear in the vacuum of the cosmos, essentially, and the Earth is like way yeah, past. Yeah, the TARDIS is smarter than that. No, well, it's yeah. a bad. I just... think you should use the DeLorean. Okay, the fine. DeLorean fine. is not a sentient creature. <laughs> and you know, it's even worse than that, Kevin, because during the time of the dinosaurs. Our solar system was on the other side of the galaxy. Exactly, right? So all of a sudden, if I go back to the time of the dinosaurs, I appear on the other side of the galaxy. Yeah. yeah. And fun. that's why science fiction is all bullshit. That's the <laughs> so, no. no, I mean, I kind of I love that. And that was one of the things that um, when we were hammering out the physics of the, of the, the stories mm -hmm. um, of, the, of the trilogy, one thing that we really kept as a rule was that it couldn't just be anything goes. You had to, you could be any time within that 600 million year period, but it had to be geographically centered. So if you're in first century Britain, or, you know, if you're in Britain, you're not going to see cowboys and samurai there. Mm -hmm. um, if you're in, you know, it, it, it had to be at least geologically locked. 
Because if we if we threw out all the rules, that would just be a little too crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas keeping it geologically locked made for some really interesting story choices, and um, working with those lim- those constraints really gave it a neat mm-hmm. feel. And it would uh, probably also for the readers, it would give them almost an ability to kind of predict what's going to come next because it's like, oh, yes. we're in America. What things could we see? Or we're in China. What what kind of things might we see? And my favorite part of that is when we can play around with that and mm-hmm. surprise them with things like, wait, what? You know? Yeah. Um, and a lot of that happened during the research um, for book two and book three. There were things I was going to have happen and... I was so I, I completely accidentally amazing that that became the major <laughs> focus of this place That's instead. That's so cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Please, please tell me in your in your storyline uh, within book two and three there there's going to be a point where they're just going to appear in, in, in like Bethlehem <laughs> year zero <laughs> and there's nothing happening at all. You know? I've, like, I've been really careful to not mention <laughs> any characters that I think are actually fictional in our timeline mm-hmm. and that includes Muhammad, Moses, oh. Jesus, all the big almost all the major religious figures in, in the ancient world I'm pretty well convinced that, that it's normal to have a religion start with a mythological founder mm-hmm. yeah. and that people like uh, you know Joseph Smith and uh, and uh, L. Ron Hubbard they're the outliers because they actually existed yeah, exactly, exactly. Perfect. So if people want to find out more about Time Shards and Shadow Wars, where can they find it? Uh, it's wherever books are sold on the Internet um, or in your local bookstore. In fact, if you're lucky enough to have a good local bookstore, definitely support your local bookstore and ask them to order it for you and, yeah. and get it from them. Yeah, absolutely. Do it. Absolutely. Perfect. Do it. And you, Do you, it. You're gonna send, you, if you have any links, you're going to send me that, and we'll put that in the notes of the show. Perfect. Can do. Perfect. Can do. Now let's yeah. move on to another subject because we have David Fitzgerald. Oh, I mean, we, we can't keep talking about nerd books. Well, we can. But... <laughs> I have so many more questions. Okay, asked. okay, okay. Well, fine. Let's <laughs> ask you more questions. I'm trying to hold myself back, so I'm like, I don't want to give everyone a whole bunch of spoilers, and I'm like, ooh. I'm like, yeah. I just have praises. We, we, can, but like... we can do that after we're done actually recording. Right. Okay, okay. <laughs> the secret okay. show after. Forget yes. what I just said. Let's <laughs> keep going. Talk about Shadow War. Well, right. I, I was really curious. Um. In writing the these three books, were there any characters that you were really excited about their like character arcs and the journey that you guys put them on? The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, and again, not to be spoilery, mm-hmm. but um, there's some characters that you haven't even met yet until book two. Um, and then, um, and I'm very excited about the way they, the story plays off of them, and the interactions between the characters too. Mm-hmm. Um, in book one, our two main characters don't even speak the same language. Yes. Oh, that's so. For the cool. whole book, yeah. And uh, in in two, there's a whole different dynamic going on between them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. people who uh, read the first one just buy the second one right away because you're gonna want to read it. <laughs> you're gonna wanna. And this t- by this time next year, book three will be out. So. Oh, fantastic. Yay! So it's not going to be like a twelve-year wait, like no, like George we're not going to go Martin. George R. R. Martin on you. I promise. It, it's going to be good to go. As soon as um, you said the book's going to be out next year, Kirsten just went fist pump. Yeah. <laughs> and the audio books will be right behind it. In fact, the audio book for book two is coming out 
the end of this month or the early next month. Are you going to be there? Oh, no, no, no. We've got a guy named Aaron Shedlock, uh, uh, who's an awesome voice artist doing the the reading for that. Fantastic. Nice. Very happy. In fact, I think think it's legal for us to announce now that he's also going to be doing book three. We just signed the contract. Yay. Do you, have, do you have a favorite character in your in your books? One that oh, I love all my children equally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we all have a favorite. Um, you know, I have a couple favorites, honestly. Um, and there's some characters who. Um, ah, no, this is getting spoilery. Getting spoilery. Okay, okay, okay. okay. It's, it's a really fine line. <laughs> It is. Okay, okay. No, that's okay. I'm mean, so so, going to draw the question so you are. basically, it's not a main character from the first book. Uh, I wish I wish that were true. I can never <laughs> confirm or deny that. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. I cannot incriminate myself in this. I was going to I was going to say something about the range of characters between book one, two, and three, and I thought, hey, no, I need to shut up right now. That's what I need to do. <laughs> uh, but it's so nice Seeing an author so excited about their work, yeah, it's it's really awesome. Well, it's, it's a great thing about David because you know what most most interviews of authors they're banal. To be <laughs> they're, fair, they're almost boring. To just to be fair though, we usually interview authors of like more. No, no, I don't mean non- our, I don't mean no, our interview. Oh, okay. I mean, interviews you see on, on no, no, interviews you see on TV. Interview and, novel writers. I feel no, like no, no, that's right. But no, but even even the authors you interview on TV or something like that, you know, they're nowhere near as exciting as their books, right? I'm very to glad to hear you say that. That, yeah, that yeah. warms my heart. <laughs> so check us in the mail. <laughs> I know. Yeah. There's one thing that I do want to share with our listeners sure. about the um, the characters in this book is they're very. I found them very realistic in that yeah. they don't overreact in ways that I feel like you see a lot of characters in books and even like in TV shows mm-hmm. and movies do. They yeah. have very realistic reactions as in like, no, I can see why you made that choice. That's a very <clears throat> logical choice. I applaud you for that. I can see I was not in a good place. That's a, well, that's so, a good choice. So, so right off the bat, you just said that there is no politician whatsoever in that book. You can tell right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to hear you say that because I feel like these are very character-driven books, and um, uh, every once in a while, I mean, you you never should read the reviews. But I remember reading two of the early reviews, and one was from this person who reviewed the book two, and started the review by saying, "Now I haven't read book one." <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You have to read book one before you, you read book two. Thank this you. is a series that requires that. That is necessary. Okay, so, so book two can't really stand on its own. Book one? This is not the Chronicles of Narnia that you can read in a different order. You need to read yeah. in order. And and the, the, the snottiness about it, too, is uh, it reminded me of when uh, Dana had her trilogy out for uh, Plague Town, Plague Nation, Plague World. And some some high schooler or something got online and, and reviewed book three without reviewing book one or book two. Wow. And he's saying things like, well, why should we care about this character? So I'm like, um, did you watch Return of the Jedi and say, well, why should we care if this Darth Vader is this Luke Skywalker's father? Why is that not true? Jackass. Wow. Yeah. It's called the trilogy for a reason, guys. Yeah, you don't start with Return of the King. Exactly. <laughs> well, I do have to say one thing that, that irks me is that publishers now are getting nervous to call something a trilogy because some publishers think that if a person stumbles on a book and realizes it's part of a series 
they're not going to want to buy it, and they're not going to start it. Until yeah. the third one's out. Since when have mm. publishers been right about anything? Well, see, this is the thing. And so what, what's, what's happening is, so they're just selling these books and watching them get pissed off at the at, <laughs> for, Because they're not solving the problem. They're pushing the problem back and making it worse. So anyway, yeah. enough sucks. of that. Enough of that. <laughs> just don't let your publisher listen to this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, what was it that you wanted to talk about next? Oh, that's it? You done now? Yeah, well, <laughs> I want to talk about other stuff, but it's too spoilery. We'll okay, it's too spoilery. So that all could right. be for, like, for all patrons. Right. So you can find Shadow War at all good bookstores. Order and online. support your local bookstores. Support your local bookstore. Yes. Give David a call. His phone number is 555. <laughs> <laughs> Ask the, him for all the spoilers. <laughs> and for the love of God, read Time Shards first. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Read Time Shards first. And whatever you do, don't tell Doctor Who I told him anything about his stardust. Okay, <laughs> now... Oh, it's actually a she now. Thank you very much. And he calls her sexy. <laughs> oh, geez, really? I'm so far behind on this. Oh, my gosh. Totally sidetracked. The newest doctor is the best doctor ever. Oh She's God, amazing. You see that at every doctor. No, no. no. I nope. I did not like 11. 10 was always my doctor until this new one. 13 is... Lucky 13. She's amazing. Lucky 13 it's, is definitely. I'm just like, I love you so much. Yay. <laughs> now that I've nerded out. Yeah, you guys, you guys have out nerded me at this point. <laughs> oh, let me get started on Harry Potter. No, 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 no. <laughs> Well, thank you, David. That was a great interview. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Okay. All right. Let's talk more about the, the other aspect of David's research. Let's talk about historicity and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I forgot we were talking about Case for Christ. Yes. <laughs> David, I got to ask you, I wanted to ask you about these troubles, the Case for Christ, because, you know, I'll be super honest. I have not read that book. Don't bother. And Don't. every time I talk to a Christian, that's one of the top five things that comes up. Can I tell you something? Sure. They probably oh. haven't read it either. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's it. They just hold it up like a crucifix against vampires and say, ah, yes. I'm melting. They know it's a book written by someone who says they started as an atheist and read but, the Bible and turned Christian. So that's probably the way to start because. If nothing else, that's the story of Lee Strobel that everybody loves to repeat. Yeah. And it's in the movie, they do an amazing job of creating that. And that whole scenario is 100% pure bullshit. Yep. <laughs> 100%. It is has no bearing in reality whatsoever. So um, we say here that Lee Strobel was never actually an atheist. You don't think he actually? Oh no, was? I'm sure he was an atheist as a kid. Okay. Or this half-hearted. I mean, he actually raised as sort of a, a lapsed Lutheran. I think it was. Okay. Um, and he he wasn't that big into uh, church, but I mean, he's certainly raised by Christians and Christian parents. And uh, uh, when he married his wife, who also became Christian, and they, she started going to church, and all their friends were going to church, and he started going to church. Um, he went on to become saved, uh, become a pastor, be a pastor for 10 years, write books about Christianity, and three books into that, he got the idea to write Case for Christ. Oh. And that's when he set off doing his uh, uh, mission to go uh, find the experts, quote-unquote, and get the answers, the real answers, long after he had become a Christian, a Christian pastor at that. Nice. Um, yeah. So this is the guy's personal crusade, in a way. Yeah. I mean, 
the the whole tough atheist shtick of his was ridiculous from the starter. Mm. But it's not even true, even if it had been true. It, it's it was goofy, but the fact is, it, it, there's nothing remotely true in that story. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Point number one. <laughs> yeah. Now, so so what is it? So what's the appeal of this book? I mean, I mean, do, does he really make any kind of actual case for? I mean, I'm sure he'll quote guys like Bart Ehrman, and he'll say, you know, oh, oh, no, hey. oh no, 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 he does not quote anybody. Uh, who is not an evangelical Christian. Oh, really? Um, yeah. In fact, of his, I believe it's 12, uh, of the 12 total experts that he brings to the table, th- two of them, maybe three, if his degree in New Testament is a New Testament history and not a New Testament theology, three of them are historians. Uh, yeah, you gotta have rest, some, like, physicists and, like... They're not even physicists. They're, like, uh, you know, they're mostly pastor. theologians. They're mostly theologians. One doctor, yeah, one forensic doctor, and uh, uh, it's just. And here's the other crazy thing: um, they uh, interviewed one of his so-called experts, who was complaining that, yeah, you know, we had this interview, but he didn't really use anything I said, and he said things I didn't say, and put it <laughs> in my voice, and created. And it's like you have got to be kidding me, because uh, I mean it's. It's, it, there's a reason they all sound alike and have the same voice. It's because Lee Strobel is writing all of them uh, and putting, you know, the, the words he wants them to say in there, whether that's what they meant, whether that's what they actually think or not. So, uh, so this is a bit akin to him, Lee Strobel, doing the case for sorcery and asking for J.K. <laughs> Rowling's opinion. <laughs> yeah. Except J.K. Rowling would probably just like hit him over the head. No, no, no. I agree, but this is this is his level of expert. He's essentially has in his book. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty goofy. Um, and what's more is even the ones who have legitimate uh, uh, credentials as, uh, that they're they're being presented as, um, even those guys are totally dropping the ball and just. I mean, they're throwing softballs at each other and ignoring mounds of evidence, mounds of anything that would, would uh, you know, cause that evangelical spin to be questioned. Um, and the, the, they just laugh off questions that are totally legit and, um, and, and very probing. And it's just like, it, it, it's, it, it's just an ex- exercise in dodgeball, really. They're just... So what can, what, give me an example of something that's a legitimate question they would laugh off. Oh, um, off the top of my head, well, okay, one thing, um, they were talking about how there's so much more evidence for Jesus, uh, for the New Testament, than there is for, say, the Iliad or the Odyssey. <laughs> and they started, like, they say, why, there are stacks and stacks, there's only four feet of stacks of paper of, for the Iliad and the Odyssey, but if you stacked up all the New Testaments, they would reach to the moon and back, or 100,000 feet high. It's some ridiculous, goofy number. Um, <laughs> and it's like, okay, dude, most of those are from the Middle Ages or later. It's like, so that just means, you know, how we could have a million copies of these documents, and it wouldn't make any difference. That just means how good was your Xerox capability in the Middle Ages. <laughs> um, what's important is how many root manuscripts we have, how many original manuscripts yes, we have. yes. Uh, and on that comparison, the New Testament does not hold up well to anybody else at all very well. Um, in fact, we only have two complete New Testament manuscripts, 
and they only go back as far as the fourth century, 400 years after the beginning of the religion, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of them, that's the Codex Sinaiticus and the Codex Vaticanus, the only problem is they don't agree with each other. They don't have the same books. And neither of them agrees with our New Testaments. Uh, we have books they don't have. They have books we don't have. So it's it's even goofier than that. Wow. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I, read, I read somewhere there was like, uh, I think it's Sianicus, there was like over 14,000 different passages compared to the, our, our current Bible right now. Is that, is that well, there's, I mean, honestly, no two... No single uh, New Testament text is just like any other New Testament text in the whole world. They all contain differences, mostly spelling differences and grammar differences, but not all. And we really don't care about the spelling mistakes, the typos, and usually we can puzzle out what the grammar says. It's the deliberate changes that we're concerned about. And again, by that standpoint, Christianity stands out because of the degree to which it's been forged and counterforged, and um, the the that we can actually trace out factions of early Christianity by seeing what changes they were making to their scriptures. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what exactly is appealing about his book then? What is it that? What is it that Christian it's, it's that Christian are brandishing this? It's that base atheist to Christian story. It's that like yeah. you're an atheist. Oh. This person said they used to be an atheist, and they're a Christian now. I want you to do the same thing, so here's a book that I'm going to smush in your face. Exactly. And like she said, they don't have to read it. They just have to – and if they do, they're just going to read these smug guys throwing softball questions at each other and acting like, (laughs) oh, silly atheist, blah, blah, blah. It's so obvious, blah, blah, blah. Um, There's no atheist. There's not even a a non-Christian who's neutral, an open Christian, who's going to be convinced by that book. Mm-hmm. You have to be have already sold, yeah. you know. The, the confirmation <laughs> bias has to be strong with one it, to enjoy huge. that book. Yeah, it's massive. Um, and again, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if, if, if someone actually, like, is a Christian and is like, I really want you to read this book, you can just, like, have you read it? <laughs> or you can be like, okay, we're doing book trading. This is awesome. Oh, I'm going to give said, you a book You got to do the book trading. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah I'll, I'll trade you at least troubles for religion is not great, but <laughs> oh, Christopher Hitchens. I was Let's thinking the same. When I'm like, give, give them a Hitchens book. <laughs> no. Well, you know what? I've done a talk about Lee Strobel and, and comparing the movie with the book and how they're all full of crap. <laughs> um, but I do want to. Um, you know, in the in the hist- in the, in the um, what am I trying to say? The Complete Heretics Guide to Western Religion series. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I want to do a book just on Lee Strobel. I think uh, I may I may fold it into the Sex and Violence book, but <laughs> there may be enough just on Lee Strobel to do its own book, and I may just have to do that. So so, what is Lee Strobel today? Is he still a pastor? Is he still just? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's a, a jillionaire. He's he's worth a couple. Yeah, he's a multimillionaire now because of these books. Wow. Um, just, just it's because me, Christians uh, like buy evil... them for their, for their atheists. Yeah, same thing with Josh McDowell. The the same sort of, um, you know, fact-free. They look impressive. They look great on your shelf. And they act like 
you know, you look at, oh, look, this guy with a PhD in, in something. Oh, it's it's musicology and, and geology. You know, <laughs> it's not relevant, of course. It's, mm-hmm. you know, theological degree. But um, he sees all these so-called experts and um, throwing, lobbing softballs to them and having them knock it out of the park, all according to evangelical lines. They all towed it, the evangelical line. Um, oh, one other thing. Um the thing that got me to do this last talk about Lee Strobel is that they came out with a new and improved edition of Case for Christ. Really? I didn't know that. So I had to go through and read the whole goddamn thing and compare it to the original. <laughs> what did they actually to find, change? To find very, very little. Oh my <laughs> One of the only things they changed was in book in the, the original book, one of the biggest mistakes his so-called expert makes is when he says, they were talking about how do we know that um, Luke's account of the nativity was true when it, it conflicts with Matthew and all the, yeah. and you know, what we know at that time. He says, well, we have an eminent archaeologist who's discovered uh, what we call micro letters <laughs> that prove that this is the thing. Oh, they're like, whoa, oh, that's pretty wild. Well, it <laughs> turns out word the eminent archaeologist the eminent archaeologist who discovered these micro letters was insane and total batshit who made these things up. If he was even, if it wasn't an outright hoax, then he was totally out of his oh mind because uh, it doesn't exist at all. And yet Lee Strobel and his expert were just completely taken in. So that was the, that was really about the only change I actually found where he had actually gone back and changed it. Now he didn't change it to say, Oh, we have to make a correction here. This turns out to not be true. What he did was he retroactively tweaked the supposed verbatim conversation he has to make it sound like it was in doubt all along, you wow. know, uh, that he wasn't fooled by this thing and that the question, the verdict's still out on it or something. But it's like, oh, you, you tool bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and uh, the other, the other change I noticed was um, he slapped on some like interviews with himself on the, in the end of the book talking about how awesome the response to it was and how many atheists have turned to Christ from it and how he was gratified that the critiques of the book were so small and few and easily um, countered and yet he doesn't counter any of them he doesn't bother to mention any of them at all whatsoever yeah, um, it's, it's a bit like you said, right? Uh, you, when you talk to Christian, you say, you know, there's very little uh, uh, his, his evidence for Jesus Christ is, or his historicity. You say, oh, what are you talking about? There's tons of it. Well, which one? Yeah, well, you yeah. know, tons. Well, oh, just tons. Tons, yeah. tons. You know, tons of tons. You know, <laughs> they actually and don't give you anything. I, and I, when I was giving this talk recently at a, a college, all the student, the local student Christian groups show up, held up for the college. There was like oh, five atheists, and the rest were all Christians in the audience. Oh, God. And I went out of my way to tell them, look, I have to tell you something. Whether Christianity is true or false, this book is unflinching bullshit. Yeah. And laid out all the ways it's true. Whether or not Christianity is true, Case for Christ is complete bullshit. Josh McDowell's books are complete bullshit. Um, well, and it was very interesting to have a very, very quiet audience of rowdy Christians <laughs> get very quiet about this. Oh. Yes, yes. Oh, God, I would have paid money to see that. <laughs> it was pretty awesome, I'll be honest with you. Because they got very thoughtful looks on their faces after that. <laughs> well, hopefully that, ho- hopefully that helps them realize that 
they have to think critically about books. And that's what I'm hoping too. That the, the, they just just cracking that open and opening the suggestion that you know what maybe you're being lied to by yeah. some of your flaw. You know, maybe you need to make sure that you guys are being true. And that's a slippery slope. That's how you that's how you go from being somebody who thinks there was a Jesus to something saying, Yeah, no, I don't think his guy existed at all. Yeah. I, I think I think when it comes to books, we have a tendency to the normal default in our mind is it's true because it's a book. Because we yeah. we all went went through school where we cracked open a book and we were yep. taught our education came out of books. So I think yep. the normal default as soon as a person sees it in a book I think they just mm-hmm. generally say, of course it had to be true. It's in them. Right. I think for me, what is the, for me when I'm reading, especially a book that isn't like a novel that is like conveying information, it's if yeah. there's citations. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when a book has the little numbers after the <laughs> statements, it's like, okay, I can go see where they got that and check it. Yep. That, that for yep. me, if there's yep. no citations, I'm like, this is worrying. <laughs> yeah. Find and books. there's a lot of books I agreed on. Like, um, Who's the guys that wrote um, Freak and Grandy? The guys who wrote the uh, um, what was it called? Oh, I'm totally blanking out on the name of it. I can picture the cover, um, but it, it was another uh, mythicist book about um, you know making the argument that Jesus never existed, and yet there's hardly the, the citations that they that I looked into did not check out. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because I, th- so, I think yeah, a lot of people uh, even. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you just you, well, yeah, you just have to be careful um, about what you're what you're reading and 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 watch. You know, don't be afraid to kick the tires on your own mm-hmm. book. Yeah, because I think I think a lot of people, you know, even if you have a citation, I don't think most people check the citations. I mean, I'll be the first one to admit. You know, I, I, when I'm reading David Fitzgerald's book, I'm assuming his citations are correct. I'm not checking his citations, yeah. you know, because it's David yeah. and we know him. And you know, maybe I shouldn't, Dave. Are you lying? <laughs> Sure. Well, you know what? Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> maybe it's good you should check those citations. Don't just take my word for it. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I agree. Uh, yeah, wow. So, so in continuing with Lee Strobel's book, there. Uh, yeah. So, so what is it? What the, these little quizzes they seem to have at the end of every chapter is that? <laughs> Uh, that bullshit. I think that's for, probably for Christian book clubs and and Bible studies, like, so that you, they can uh, sure use it in church it. and. And that's why it's more. That's why it's more. Uh, more money. That's more money. That's right. That's more sales that way. Okay. If you can get your Bible study. Do you actually, actually expect to pass a quiz at the end of this? I mean, he's like, come on. <laughs> um, that reminds me, actually. Um, one of the things that struck me about the movie that I found very weird is that um, they talk to experts like um, this woman who was the head of the um, psychology department at Purdue. Um, this father, who uh, Catholic priest, who's uh, a renowned archaeologist, and neither of those people exist in real life. <laughs> They're just made-up <laughs> characters oh for the movie. And I thought it was really strange um, for them to have an atheist and a, a Catholic because in the book he only goes to evangelical Christians. That's all he talks to. Um, so it's funny that they had to actually make up imaginary characters that he's supposedly impressed with their uh, credentials by and uh, who don't exist. The, the but, biggest um, threat to evangel- evangelicals, right? The atheists and the Catholics, obviously, right? Yeah, well, well he, they, I, that's why it made me laugh for them. Not only did they bring in a Catholic 
priest, but they were looking at the Shroud of Turin and going, hmm, when I see this, I think of Jesus, without making any, um, you know, pandering to Catholic audiences, yeah. but not com- not um, committing themselves to whether the Shroud of Turin is real or not, which it's not. No, um, of course not. But it just seemed really cheesy, um, pandery. Uh, plus, there's lots of other problems with the movie, just from a, a movie standpoint. Um, yeah. But when you actually get into the truth or fiction of it, it just it's mind-blowingly bad. I was just glad to find out that the Shroud of Turin was false, because it looked like Jesus got a Beatles haircut. <laughs> it looks like he's got like a really, really bad haircut on that trout. I was like, really? This is Jesus? Come on. It's not pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. not pretty. No, he's got like the, the porn mustache and everything. It's really <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess in conclusion, uh, sir, and you too, I guess, Christina, uh, I guess you guys don't recommend the book or the movie. for. No. You know, I kind of recommend the movie. It's kind of awesome. Really? If, if you watch it going into it like, okay, let's make fun of a bad Christian movie. Yep. Yeah. And and then afterwards, you have to go watch the Godfall movies review of it. <laughs> yeah, there you it's go. It's amazing. <laughs> Honestly, and, and um, like if you watch the movie and then have any questions about anything that they bring up as fact, um, y- it, well, spoiler alert: every single argument they make is bad, and it's, <laughs> it's either it's either half an argument and you're they're ignoring the part that ruins it for them, or they're just wrong. They're just flat out wrong. Um, or, or they're quoting some source that's been debunked, you know, and yet they're happily to make a, a movie out of it. Yeah, I, um, they 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 really thrive and depend on the ignorance of their audience. They really do. And honestly, again, I think this these movies are made for Christians. They're not made oh, for atheists. They're not convincing totally anybody made else. For Christians. Yeah. So 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 is is Christianity or evangelicals in hurting that much? That they have to do movies to keep reinforcing the message? Well, no, I would say that's exactly right. That is exactly right. Yeah. Um, It seems to me that even, because there's been, I don't know about you, but there's been like a a plethora of Christian movies in the past couple of years I've come out. And they've all been shitty. Exactly. They're all horrible. They're all horrible. There's always money Um, for them somehow. do Do you guys watch a blogger named Curtis Connor? No, I don't know. I'm afraid not, no. She did a takeoff on um, Christian Mingle. Oh, and it's my. It's so you beautiful. Mean, you mean the it's two, so beautiful. Or the, I think it's like an hour and a half, two hours Christian Mingle commercial? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, that point Where was not lost on him. in depth show yep. the process of how to sign up <laughs> it, it, <laughs> yes what? exactly yes. yeah it, it's it's really worth checking that out curtis connor it's amazing um, christian mingle curtis review connor, christian mingle. Uh, pretty sure it's yeah. on netflix really uh, yeah. oh yeah it is it is <laughs> oh really but, but, yeah punch up youtube so punch up youtube and look up curtis connor's Review. Oh, it's gonna, beautiful. I'm, it's I'm a thing gonna, of beauty. Oh, I've got it. Oh, I finally called a man. Look at that. Christian Mingle. <laughs> it was right in front of you. Yeah, it was right in front of you. <laughs> and there's a whole scene in, in the Christian Mingle movie where she takes this Christian guy out to a sushi restaurant. And it's the most freaking racist thing. He's like choking on his sushi and go, It's like, dude, to be Christian, you have to hate Japanese food? What the? <laughs> Racist fox, you know. Uh. It's probably from the inbreeding. <laughs> I guess they they go they eat at a place called Steak and Cake. It's like oh. yeah, 
You gotta eat really good Christian food, Ooh. not that even <laughs> devil food. Yeah, anything with flavor is that the question? That's like a Ned Flanders singing The Simpsons. So, <laughs> they, get, yep. they get Christian gummies. What flavor are they plain? <laughs> They're all plain. <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminds me of that uh, meme you saw on Facebook. Said the guy's wearing a T-shirt that says, "I met my boyfriend on Christian Mingle." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, uh, David! In 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 in, in all your lights uh, experience and your his, historic, uh, you know, uh, research and all that, I've I've had a question that's been pressing on my mind for 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 weeks now, and I'm hoping you can answer. Ask away. You know, you ask know, away. You know how the the priests, the Catholics, have this little wafer transubstantiation and all that stuff. We've been oh, wondering yes. here: how many wafers do you need to eat till you have one complete Jesus? I believe that's a blasphemy level question. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. I uh, I'm not prepared to offer a uh, suitable response to that. That's okay. That's okay. So, I'll bet you if you stacked up maybe you know 50 of them in a row, um, you'd have an idea of a start on you know some part of Jesus' anatomy anyway. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, oh, you got him good. Kevin oh, is dying over here. Oh, shit. I did not expect this. I'm sorry. He, he was talking about his foot. Uh, yeah, of course he was. Come on. Why? <laughs> Get your head out of the gutter. Yeah, yeah, like Jesus. Uh, yeah, Jeez, for once, it's not me. Yeah, it's called a holy foot long, I'm sure. <laughs> Woo! I did not expect this, David. You really got me good there. Oh, fuck. I almost love it when we do shows later in the day more than in the morning. <laughs> oh, Dave, thank you so much for entertaining us once again and enlightening us once again, my friend. My God, we love having you on the show. The pleasure is all mine. Thanks if, so much. If people want to find out more about your books and all your history research and they want to encourage you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, probably easiest of all. You can shoot me an email at everybodylovesdave at gmail.com. <laughs> and you can find our books wherever books are sold on the internet. But if you have a local bookstore, ask them to get it for you first. Because yes. support your local yeah. bookstores. David, uh, when are we going to see a Patreon page for you, man? You know, I, that, I, I, if I can figure out how to monetize what I do um, a little better... Um, I'd be happy to do that because we could certainly use the money at Dave Co. here. Yeah, I mean, uh, we have a Patreon page, you know? <laughs> we, we to be page. fair, we have one supporter. Doesn't matter. But we have one. We love that one. I'll be the first one to get to donate money to David Fisher, David Co. I would be the first one in line, man. Well, you know what? Let's talk later because we'll, we may need to make that happen. Well, yeah, I, I, I really think we should. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I'll start to make sure my passport's in order because we, you know, we maybe have to come up to Canada. Exactly. Yes, yes, I think, I think uh, you should. Escape the purge. Yep. Escape Trump and Sam. Hey, yeah. but the impeachment hearings are starting tomorrow. Are they? Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm totally watching them. Oh, boy. Think, it's either tomorrow or next Wednesday. I, th- I think the BBC is actually running the whole thing, right? Uh, the P- uh, PBS, yeah. BBC. Yeah. There's a few. Oh, awesome. It's yeah. going to be fun. So real reporting. Yeah. So I'm not going to see I, Christina at any point during them. Yeah, I'll just be <laughs> sitting beside you with my phone. Hooray! Like a statue. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll randomly chuckle. Chuckle. Yeah. And 
burst then, out laughing right. more like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and as, much, as much as we love to hear about your life here, we're talking to David, okay? I had this beautiful picture of him being let out in handcuffs. It's like... Oh. <laughs> I mean, the oh. government right now is so corrupt in the Senate that I don't know what's going to happen. And, like, Mitch McConnell needs to be ran out, too. And oh. it all, there's so many guys who are just flat-out traitors to their country mm-hmm. uh, in government right now. Oh. Not to mention racist and... This, this, that, you know, homophobic, everything is, yeah, homophobic, <laughs> all the phobic, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. all the phobic. Oh. We're not opening that can of worm now. I know, right? Yeah. And two hours later, <laughs> exactly. only two. Right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, David, my friend. Thank you so much for doing this again for us. And uh, before I let you go, I gotta have you say, "Hi, this is David Fitzgerald, and I took a left in the valley." Hi, this is David Fitzgerald, and I took a left at the valley. And that was our friend David Fitzgerald. Ah, the nerd is strong with that one. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) We love David. He's always a great guest. God, we always learn so much with him. Uh, what can we say about David? I mean, uh, buy his books. Buy his books. Yeah. Encourage the man, and the man writes so much. And he's he when he when he writes in his book, he's he's talking to you. He's talking my language anyway. I don't know about you guys, but you know, I, when I get to the super academic book, and my brain kind of fizzles. But Dave just has a way to bring it to us, and he's yes. certainly one of our favorite guests. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed it, but I'll listen to it with everybody else when it goes online. Exactly. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, and thank you to our guest David Fitzgerald, and thank you for listening. You can find us on Left and you can find us at uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, at LETV Podcast. You can send us an email at, val- at valley at outlook.com. You can send your complaints to Nancy on the third floor. Beware of the incoming knife. Okay, coming up next week, we'll have Jeff Cohen of FAIR. We'll be talking about news bias. Mm. So that could be very interesting. Oh, yeah. We'll also have the brazen atheist that she actually used to be, Erin uh, Lewis. She actually used to be a stripper, believe it or not. And after that, we'll be in December. We'll have Dr. Wynell and our friend Dr. Daryl Ray for, for a guide Ooh. for former Whoa. fundamentalists. They also, we'll have a Christmas special down the road. And, uh, of course, we'll also have a Best of 2019. And in the new year, we'll be starting off the new year with a visit from our friend Tracy Harris. Nice. From the Atheist Experience. Oh, nice, yeah. So Not anymore, though. Well, yeah, no, she's not anymore. Yeah. She, uh, she also used to be the host of Godless Bitches. Mm-hmm. I love her. She is brilliant. She is uh, smart. She is beautiful. She is so many things. All right. Anything else we need to add to all this? I don't know. All right. No, drink thanks. water. Always drink more water. All right. There, I'll add yeah. that. And consider being a Patreon. We'd a patron? love to have you yes. as part of our insider group. That's mm. what I forgot to say. Give us a five-star review where you find us. It helps us and helps others find the show. And if you want to become a patron to help encourage the show, Patreon slash LETV. Thank you so much, Nancy. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Go in peace. Until next time. Hate science promotes mystery. I'd rather see the truth than to bask in my own ignorance. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I will tell you right now, David, I never read novels, but I will read yours. Do it. Last time I read a novel was Stephen King's It, and I was in grade nine. Oh. If nothing else, Why? it would be much shorter than that. But it's because because I hate novels. Why would I you do novels. that to yourself? Oh, I, mean, I was in school. I had to pick a book. It looked interesting. The cover looked interesting. You you read the one book you wrote while on a crack binge? <laughs> <laughs> what makes you think I wasn't on a crack binge? You were in grade nine.
he's not. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Kevin. If you read it and you pass our quiz, <laughs> we'll buy you a beer. No, you don't there drink alcohol. We'll buy you a non-alcoholic beverage. There you yes. go. A fruity beverage. No, you want to buy me a plush. <laughs> An American beer. A plush T-Rex, that's what <gasps> Yes, I will buy you a plush T-Rex if you read it. I will do it. I will do it with joy. Now the question is how big? Non-believer in 